coming up. We talk to so many friends, family members, a current sheriff who think there is no way he killed his wife on purpose. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. And I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In the fall of 2016, an Atlanta attorney named Tex McIver shot and killed his wife, Diane McIver. But Tex has always claimed the shooting was an accident. Is the gun went off accidentally a plausible defense for Tex McIver? Absolutely, without a doubt. It's a plausible defense. Is it really plausible? Does a real gun owner believe that his or her gun is gonna go off accidentally? The answer is no. Caitlin Ross is a reporter at WXIA 11 Live in Atlanta, Georgia, and the host of Vault Studios' new podcast, Intent, the Tex McIver case. It's actually season two of our podcast, The Officer's Wife. Caitlin is here to talk about the case and the podcast. Caitlin, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. So, Caitlin, start by introducing us to this couple before we get to the shooting. Who were Tex and Diane McIver? They were a really known couple around Atlanta. Diane was a powerful and successful businesswoman. She had worked her way up in Quarry Industries to a really prominent position. She was well-known in a lot of Atlanta circles. And Tex was well-known in his own right. He was a prominent immigration attorney and knew a lot of people in the Republican Party. The two of them were often seen at a lot of social events. Their pictures would end up in those local newspapers. They were people that a lot of folks in Atlanta knew. Caitlin, take us through the events of this night in September of 2016 when Diane McIver was shot and killed. Where exactly were the McIvers when this happened and, and who was with them in the vehicle? So it happened on the highway. They were driving back from the couple's ranch after a weekend there with one of their friends, Danny Joe Carter. Danny Joe Carter was driving the car. Diane was in the front seat, and Tex was seated in the back seat directly behind Diane. They were driving down the highway and got a little bit turned around. And at some point, Tex asked Diane to hand him his gun. They had kept it in the center console of the SUV they were driving, and Diane turned around and handed her husband the gun in a plastic grocery bag. Diane was later shot driving down the street. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, Tex McIver has always said the shooting was an accident. What exactly is his explanation? So he says he has long suffered from a sleep disorder and that his attorneys at the trial actually presented evidence that he had long suffered from this sleep disorder. And he says he fell asleep in the back seat and the gun just went off. To this day, he maintains he has no memory of the gun going off and that he didn't intentionally pull the trigger. He said from the night that this happened that it was a tragic accident. Caitlin, in the podcast, you piece together all of the events that led up to the shooting, but you also take a close look at what happens after the gun goes off. One of the first clues to investigators that there might be more to this story than Tex McIver was letting on is something Diane says at the hospital that night. Can you talk about that interaction a little bit? 
Exactly right. Diane actually says that she doesn't want Tex in the hospital room after she's shot, and that immediately raises some eyebrows. And it's not just what happens in that hospital room, it's how they get to the hospital. They were actually much closer to a level one trauma center in Atlanta called Grady Hospital that fields hundreds of gunshot wounds each year. Instead, Tex wanted Danny Joe Carter to drive to Emory Hospital, which is on the northeast side of Atlanta and was much further away. So investigators had questions, too, about why the delay in getting to the hospital. There's so much that happens in the weeks after the shooting, but I'm going to jump ahead. Tex McIver was eventually charged with murder, but it took months for prosecutors to file those charges. And early on, he was facing some less serious charges. Can you kind of walk through the evolution of the case against Tex McIver? There are so many twists and turns in this case. And you're right. At first, he was charged with involuntary manslaughter. That is what he said, that it was an accident. And that's how those charges developed. But a number of things happen in the following months that really make investigators think there might be more to this story. First is, even after he's charged with those lesser charges, he holds an estate sale of Diane's things, and he tells investigators that this was in her will, this is what she wanted. But this estate sale really becomes a media circus. There are television cameras everywhere, people from Atlanta, all across Atlanta, come to show up to see what kind of things are being auctioned off. They end up making about $68,000 from selling off Diane's jewelry, furs, designer handbags, and shoes. And investigators just think this is really odd. They then end up finding a firearm in Tex MacGyver's home after he was barred from having any firearms. And so those things put together with their assertion that Diane had a secret second will are the things that led them to eventually file murder charges against Tex in early 2017. A Fulton County grand jury has just indicted the prominent Atlanta attorney over a malice murder charge in the death of his wife, Diane. Explosive new allegations coming from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. After an extensive and several months long investigation, prosecutors are now saying Tex MacGyver intentionally pulled the trigger on the night of September 25th of last year, killing his wife, Diane. Caitlin, I want to ask you about the attorneys that were involved in this case, some of Atlanta's most well-known attorneys on the defense side and the prosecution side. Can you talk about that aspect of the case? Yeah, so Don Samuel was the man that he initially hired to defend him, and he is an incredibly well-known attorney in Atlanta. He actually wrote a book on some court procedures that's still really followed till today. And then Clint Rucker is the prosecutor who's assigned to the case who has this famous personality. He gets into a courtroom and people are just wrapped with attention. And the two of these attorneys have gone head-to-head many times inside courtrooms, and you know from the beginning that this is not just going to be a trial, it's going to be a show, a test of wills between the two of them. And we certainly saw that play out throughout the weeks of this trial. Caitlin, you covered the trial gavel to gavel. This trial had dozens of witnesses and went on for weeks. Can you talk about what that was like? Sure. It was intense. It was an intense experience. There were 
so many people in the courtroom every day. They had subpoenaed so many people on both sides that it really was just one after the next, after the next, after the next. And it felt like every single day there was huge news coming out of this trial. It's something that not only people in Atlanta followed closely, but really people across the country. There were a number of national journalists who were there following every development in this trial, and the media room was packed. It was a really strange setup inside the courtroom. We were discouraged from sitting inside the actual courtroom every day because there were so many journalists there. They made a separate media room that they kept behind a closed, locked door. So we'd come in at 8 o'clock in the morning and bang, these doors would shut behind you, and you'd be watching a live feed of the trial every single day. And because there were so many witnesses and so much news coming out of the trial, it was really this frenetic environment. When you came out of that media room, you saw these key players who you were seeing on the front page of the newspaper every day, walking around the courthouse. Tex himself really made an effort to be friendly to journalists. You'd see him walking down the hall. Hey, how's it going? I see you in there. I see you covering the story. So it's like he wanted to build a relationship with the people who were covering his trial. Caitlin, I feel like half the people I talk to about this case say, well, this has to be an accident. If this guy wanted to kill his wife, why would it take place like this? Why would he shoot her once through a car seat with a witness in the car? There's all these other strange details. But the other half of the people that I talk to say, well, of course this was a murder. Guns don't just go off. He had to have pulled the trigger. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes in the courtroom, and I imagine it had to be frustrating to to slowly learn more and more, but still not have all the answers here. And nobody has the answers in this case. That's the really crazy part that you're right. Half the people you talk to absolutely believe that this was intentional. I spoke with the former prosecutor just a few weeks ago, and he says he wouldn't have changed one thing about that trial. He absolutely believes that Tex murdered his wife on purpose. And then throughout the podcast, you'll hear we talk to so many friends, family members, a current sheriff who's sitting in the county where the MacGyvers owned their ranch, who think there is no way he killed his wife on purpose. So it really is a huge divide between what people believe in this case and now what they can prove. And your station, WXIA, had extensive coverage every day of this trial, including legal experts who are on the air every night recapping the day's events. Tell us about that dream team. So we were really fortunate at the time that our main anchor at WXIA News was a former prosecutor, Vinny Politan. He's now the lead anchor for Court TV, and he really dialed into the nuances of this case and just how complicated it was and how much mystery surrounded it. So he built this dream team of legal experts, including Daryl Cohen and Latonia Hines, and every day they would break down what happened inside the courtroom and what those implications were, because there was so much legal maneuvering happening between these two great legal minds, the defense attorney and the prosecutor, really going move for move inside the courtroom, that it helped so much to have experts break down what happened that day. So it really offered key insight into this fascinating trial. We'll, of course, hear from all those experts that you mentioned throughout the podcast. Talk about some of the other people you were able to interview for this show. 
Sure. So we hear from a sitting sheriff, Sheriff Howard Sills, who was a close friend of the MacGyvers. He is the person that Tex MacGyver asked to hold on to his guns after he was indicted in this case. And he's someone who very much still believes that Tex is innocent. He had been subpoenaed by the prosecution for the entire trial, even though he never testified. He wasn't allowed to talk about the trial as it was happening. So to hear his insights is just incredible to hear what he has to say about this. He also says that he thinks Tex made some stupid moves. So he is very forthcoming in that interview, and I think it's a really great listen. Another person who we're going to hear from is a gunsmith who's worked in the industry for over 20 years, and he takes us through the mechanics of how the gun worked that killed Diane MacGyver. So what goes into the pressure that forces that gun to fire? What mode was it in? How does it operate? And then he takes us to a firing range. So it really is an expert opinion that will give in-depth analysis of what happened that night in the SUV. This is a case that maybe some of our listeners around the country might not know much about, but it's been all over the news in Atlanta for years. Why do you think this case and the trial drew so much attention? There was so much mystery that surrounded it, and I think it's so divisive. People who really think that he is innocent, people who really believe he's guilty. So it's a back and forth between what happened that night, and then it's also the interplay of this relationship. This was a really well-known, well-respected, prominent couple, and their love story is the focus of what happened that night. So there are so many elements at play here that you really just have to listen for yourself to see what happened. All right, Caitlin Ross, the host of our new podcast, Intent, the Tex McIver case. Thank you so much for talking to us about this. Thank you for having me. And I, I will say to anyone listening to this, that this case is far from over. If you want to keep up to date and listen to the show and all the latest news from the beginning to where we are today, listen to Intent, the Tex McIver case, wherever you listen to podcasts. And for The Daily Crime, along with Reed Redman, I'm Will Johnson. 